Turn with me in Titus chapter number 3. The book of Titus chapter number 3. We finished up with all of our 12 minor prophets. Got through with Zechariah last week. We got uh, right into the glory world. Praise the Lord. Looking forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes again. Takes us all home. And is able to come back uh, in power and authority. Glory to God. And uh, we get to spend forevermore with Him. This week we just seem like the Lord just led me in this direction in the book of Titus. been reading through that uh, several times the last uh, few weeks, to be honest with you. The Lord's just kind of been working with me on that. And chapter number 3 is amazing to me that uh, we see the things that we see. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've asked you this already, but how many of you have been fighting a battle today? How many of you have fought a battle this past week? Or the past month? How many of you feel like some of you didn't drop your hands down at all? Praise the Lord. Uh, And how many of you feel like you're going to be fighting a battle for a couple of more weeks or a couple of more days? But thank God that we have somebody on our side that makes it a whole lot better for us. You know, those battles that you're in, thank God that we can have the victory through Jesus Christ. We can have victory. Satan is was one that's always going to bring to mind exactly what uh, is wrong in the world and is going to be bringing back to mind exactly uh, what uh, it is against uh, all of our thinkings and our process. But a look at this in Titus chapter number 3. Look at with me in verse number 1. The Bible says this, Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawler, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also, look at this verse, were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers lust and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. Oh my. But look at verse number four, that they look at the change. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of generation and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace. We should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for so much the way to be able to open your word. Lord, we thank you, God, that you bring to mind exactly what we have to look forward to. Lord, we've uh, feasted on that, just that, that thought all day today. Lord, how we have to look forward to such great and mighty things in the future. Lord, we get to uh, walk on street of gold and we get to live in mansions that you've prepared and we get to see a crystal river and we get to go through the pearly gates and we get to see walls of jasper. We get to see these magnificent things, God. We thank you, God, that we look forward to seeing those things. But God, I pray that you would encourage us tonight. Lord, I know that there's many in this uh, sanctuary tonight, many that are watching us, that they are fighting battles and they are fighting every step of the way. And God, I beg you, God, that you'd give them comfort and give them peace and give them strength during this time. Lord, I pray that you'd uplift them by the uh, uh, mighty strong hand that you have. God, I pray that you'd, I beg you, God, that you would just make it real, to make yourself real to each and every one that may be fighting a battle tonight. And Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in the lovely, wonderful, majestic name of Jesus Christ that we pray all these things. Amen and amen. And I'm so glad that we have that Savior to be able to lean on, Brother Joel. 
It's one of those things that we're able to just lean on Him. And I'll be honest with you, uh, it's, it's, it's times like these that uh, things just get thrown up in your face. And I, I started reading through verse number 3 and, and saw all those things of foolish and disobedient and deceived and serving diverse lusts and pleasures and living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. And I thought to myself, wow, what a crowd. What a crowd of folks that that must have been that he was writing to. What a crowd of folks that he was thinking, look, at, look what you have. Look what are these things. But I'm a, I, am, I am convinced all of my life that there are many Christians that will never reach their full potential because they continue to live a defeated life because of what Satan and others are throwing up before them. There are people all over the world that will never live a full life to the potential that Jesus Christ has given to them because it seems like so many people are still throwing up what's those problems in their life or Satan himself or the demons of hell are still throwing those times of the past and things of the past in your face. But we don't have to live in the past, glory to God. We can live in the future because God has taken care of our past. Hallelujah. God has taken care of our future even. Hallelujah. Think about that. God has taken care of each and every one of these things for us. And we can have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. I come to mind, what verse comes to my mind is 1 John chapter number 5, verse number 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now I've got to ask you, how many people are here that believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? That's me. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Then thank God if we believe that and we really believe that with the deep down within our hearts, then there's no reason for us to live a defeated life because we have already gotten the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. We begin to look through those, why so many people are defeated and unhappy and we should be the, I'll be honest with you, I think we should be the happiest people in all the world. I think Christians, I heard a guy say one time, it looks like a bunch of people's been baptized in lemon juice. And that's hard. Boy, all just, just unhappy all the time. But we can be happy because the Lord Jesus Christ has saved our souls, has given us the opportunity. Christians are, 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 are I'll be honest with you, some Christians are not fun people. I, and I don't, I don't understand why, because we should have the most fun. And I can tell you this, that if people in the church pews, and, the, and I'm not talking about t- church pews in here, don't, get, don't, don't get, go get mad at me and go tell Brother Joe that I've done God on everybody, but if people in the church pews continue to, to live and act like, well, I'm a Christian, no fun, everything's terrible, everything's... And then they're going to go and they're going to turn their television on or they're going to go to college or they're going to go to somewhere else and they're going to see the fun things. They're going to see those things that the world considers fun and they're going to offer these things to them and they're going to say, well, would I rather sit there looking like I'm baptized in lemon juice or would I rather go over here and look like I'm going to have fun? By the way, the Bible does say that sin has pleasure for a season. 
So there are going to be times where people are tempted and we need to make sure that we start living a Christian life in victory to let people know that the Christian life is a wonderful thing. The Christian life is a great thing. Why? Because God has done such great things. I'll be honest with you, the world will offer everything that they need to, that that they want. I guarantee you out there in a sinful way. But we have been blessed by God and it is God that makes every day possible for us every so far and too many times we just mope around like we have no joy in our life. But I remember the old song when I was a kid. You remember that when I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart? I think we ought to start singing children's song a little more often. We, we talk about singing these songs and we teach them to our kids and we think about we're having fun, fun, fun. And then all of a sudden we come in and, and we're not having fun anymore. But we need to have the fun. Why? Because the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. You say, well, what kind of victory do we have? Well, we have a victory, number one, real quickly. The reason we have victory is because Satan is a defeated foe. (laughs) Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in this world. Thank God that I have the Holy Spirit of God. I have Jesus Christ living within my heart. And Satan is a defeated foe. But if we think about it, what else is it? Because sin is defeated as well. You say, Brother Shane, I have to battle with sin. But if we read through, oh, I'm not going to get started. I'm not going to get started. But Romans chapter number 6. Go home. That's your homework assignment for tonight. Read Romans chapter number 6. And you're going to find that we, we the, the sin should not have power over us. We allow that to happen. And that's what a part of our defeated life that we're having to deal, deal with. But thank God that also, number 3, quickly, as, a, as an introductory statement, salvation has already been delivered for us. I don't have to do a thing... To earn my salvation. You don't have to do a thing to earn your salvation. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that did that for each and every one. Man, woman, boy and girl on that cross. He was there, stretched out his arms voluntarily and was a sacrificial lamb for you and for me and for everybody that has ever walked the face of this earth. Thank God that he has delivered salvation for each and every one of us. I'm thankful that salvation is free. I'm thankful that salvation is available. I'm thankful that I can, I can live in the glory and the joy of the Lord. Why? Because I'm saved by the blood of the crucified one. Oh boy, I can have joy. I, I was talking with Brother John uh, several, several months ago. And uh, Big John, I said, man, when I grow up. When I grow up, Brother John. I want to be just like you. As I have to look up to him. I do. I look up to him. Brother John said. You want to be me after 1984, boy. My voice isn't quite that deep. I'm sorry. I'm trying. (laughs) And he said, when the Lord got a hold of me, something changed. (laughs) When the Lord gets a hold of you, something ought to change in your life. Something ought to change and you ought to be so excited. You ought to be happy that God has saved you from a devil's hell. And you don't have to go to hell. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has given you eternal life through that sacrifice that he did on the cross. Because Jesus has given us the victory because of the perfect sacrifice over 2,000 years on the cross. Thank God that he's given that to us. And, And those of us that have trusted Christ as their Savior, thank God we have something to be happy about. How many are happy tonight? Hallelujah. How many of you have joy tonight? 
That ought to be all of us, glory to God. We should all have joy even if we don't have happiness. But there are things that happen and the blood of Jesus Christ has given us that, that victory that we can have and have joy in our life. And there's a future that we have that's untold. And, but our text here is looking at, look at this text with me. Uh, uh, Titus chapter number 3, I want you to look at a few things. We all have things that we had to deal with in our past. There's none righteous. No, not one. So therefore, none of us should ever point our fingers and say, yeah, but they. Why would we ever point our fingers when we know we are guilty? Each and every one of us know that we are just as guilty as anybody else. We don't linger on the past. I want you to look. How is it that we can move forward, forward with victory? How is that that we have? I believe that we see that, number one, that we see forgetting the past. You need to forget the past. It's behind you. There's nothing that ever you can do about the, for, for, uh, the past. We, can't, we can think about it. We can dwell on it. But that's the problem that we're talking about here tonight. Why? Because Jesus Christ, God has already taken care of the past for us. And when the devil accuses us, Brother John, glory to God, when the devil accuses us and says, remember when or remember that or remember that time, and God looks and says, I don't see a thing. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, there's people that will remember things. But God, I heard a song the other day. Oh, my heavens, Brother Earl, bless me. He said he remembered the day that he flung the stars into the sky. And he remembered the day that he scooped out the oceans. And he remembers the day that he mounted up the mountains. And he remembers when he traced out the rivers. And he remembers all of those things. And he remembers everything about that. But when you start talking about my sin, he says, I don't remember a thing. What are you talking about? I don't remember that time that this happened. Or I don't remember that time that that happened. Thank God that we don't have a... (laughs) Come on, glory to God. We don't have a, a, a Savior that's saying, hey, I'm throwing darts at you. Remember, don't be careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. He's saying, I love you. I loved you this much. I love you that much. And I forgave you. And I have forgotten about it. So get out of your past. Forget what's going on there. Look with me in verse number 3. Titus chapter number 3, verse number 3. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish. How many could say amen to that? Disobedient. Deceived. I'm running out of arms. Serving diverse lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Hateful. Hating one another. You know what blesses me, Brother Steve, about the Bible? Is that he doesn't just give the good things. He tells us about the bad things as well. He lets us know that people fell in sin, but he lets us know that they were forgiven as well. He lets us know that they did great and mighty things, but they were subject to the same things that you and I are subject to. And glory to God that when we look at that, we begin to look at that. They struggled as well. They had problems in their past as well. These people, we look at, we look at these giants. We look at Adam and Eve. We look at uh, Noah. We look at... Uh, David, you look at all of these people. Samson, you look at all these people and you think, wow, what mighty giants for the Lord. Gideon, what mighty giant for the Lord. But yet they had the same struggles you and I had. And they were just as forgiven, glory to God, as anybody else. You say, well, Brother Shane, what what about those terrible, terrible things? Can you think about Paul? 
before he became Paul was Saul. And look at one of the horrible things that he did. But yet God gave him enough inspiration through the Holy Spirit of God to write more than half of your New Testament. And if God can take somebody that was killing and raping and pillaging and having all these things, continuing on, boy, look what God did with Paul after that. So what can God do with us? Hallelujah. That excites me to know that. I'll be honest with you, I heard a story about a a guy, he he was going through and... He's just moping around. He said, uh, preacher, I'll be honest with you, I failed at everything in my life. Every time I've tried something, I've failed. And that preacher says, well, listen, son, you, you've got to get the, the power of positive thinking. You've got to think positive about this. And if that, that, that starts to happen, then you'll be all right. And he says, well, you know what? I'm starting to feel better about that. He said, good. Well, what are you feeling better about? He says, preacher, I am positive that the next thing I try, I'm going to fail. We went the wrong direction. Boy, that's not it. The, we, we don't need the power of positive thinking. We don't need the power of this. What we need is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. What we need is the power of the, the blood of Jesus Christ. What we need is God Almighty doing this. Some things, uh, some will never forget what's going on in the past. And I'm not preaching that positive thinking thing because that's not what we need. But if we get a hold of God and God gets a hold of you, then all of a sudden our life changes and things start to begin to change in our life. Why? Because we've been created a new creature. Hallelujah. Boy, you're dwelling with the past, and we need to get rid of that, forgetting the past, but then also dealing with the past. You've got to deal with some things. When we're saved, God gives us a clean robe. Hallelujah. One without spot, without blemish. But thank God, 1 John 1, 9 is in the Bible as well. What does that say, Brother Shane? Well, if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all Unrighteousness. That means that God is, cleanses us. Is that, that's actually in a, an error, second error's tenth. That's actually you begin to look at it. It means this, that all sins have been remitted, paid for, paid in a way and a basis of satisfaction offered because of Jesus Christ. In other words, God paid it all. Therefore, for him to pay for what has been in the past, what is in today, and what is in the future, God has done it all. So, you number one, you forget the past. Number two, you go through this, you follow the power. Look at verse number five with me. Not by works of righteousness. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I love this. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, which He shed on us abundantly through Christ Jesus Christ, our Savior. The day you got saved, the Holy Spirit of God set up house in your heart. What a wonderful thought to know that. What a wonderful thought that we have. And you begin to look at, through that. And I begin to go through and I begin to study through those. Y'all know how to do this. I, I love to do those things. But not of works of righteousness, which we have done. That means that we try to do good things. We try to do uh, things that will pe- people will have favor on us. And maybe even try to do things that God would have favor on us. But when we come to the realization that nothing we do will ever make us right with God. And all we have to do is trust Christ as our Savior. That's an absolutely liberating day. But then you begin to follow the power. What is the follow? 
following the power. But according to His mercy, He saved us. Thank God for the mercy of God. But then you look on a little further, and it says, by the washing of regeneration. That, I love this, Brother Jose. By the washing of regeneration, it's constant. That means that the, uh, that washing is happening constantly. It doesn't just stop. It wasn't a, it wasn't a one-time thing. I'm getting excited. I shouldn't be getting this excited on a Wednesday night. I guarantee it. But the washing of regeneration is simply this. That he says that, hey, no matter what's going on, I'm continuing to wash you. I'm going to make sure that, boy, oh, there's a little spot right there. I need to get that taken care of. Oh, wait, wait, one more time. Let me get taken care of. The Holy Spirit of God is working so hard within us to keep us right with God. Right with the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thought that we have. That He saved us by mercy and He's keeping us by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the power that's delivered, I'll be honest with you, there's a power to deliver. Ecclesiastes says that no man has the power to keep his own soul. No man has the power to continue on. and, And in the day of death, you don't have an option. It's God that decides when you stay and when you go. There's nothing that we can do within our power, within our own selves. No man has the power to deliver himself. No man has the power to save himself. No man has the power, but the Spirit of God has the power to deliver us straight to the Father. And it's His power that we depend on. Of course, we all know that Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 30. Ephesians 4.30, it says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed... Until the day of redemption. You realize that you've got a seal on you? That the Satan can't get through? You say, what is that seal? I believe with all my heart the seal is the blood of the Lamb of God. The blood of Jesus Christ. He can't go past that blood. He can't get past what there is in that blood. The Spirit of God is the seal that's stamped on each and every one of the child of God. And He's delivered us. And He's going to deliver us to heaven. To our heavenly home. And we have been marked the property of God. Nobody can get around that. You, you, y'all know those stories. Property of this and property of that. Those shirts. or They have those stamps. Or you even have... I, I even had to go through... I worked at Christian City when I was a teenager, and I had to put little stickers. Property of Christian City. That was all great until they figured out that those people could just peel the stickers off. But this is one that you can't peel off, Brother James. You can't get it off. I heard an elderly lady say, you couldn't get it off with Bonami. I don't even know what Bonami is. But it must be strong stuff, Brother Matt. You can't get it off with anything. You can't get the blood of Jesus Christ off of us. Once it is poured on our souls, you can't get it off. Glory to God, we are sealed into the day of redemption. And there's a presence that defends us. The Holy Spirit of God is with us. I'm glad that we don't have to fight the battle alone. When they were just singing that song about how it's hard to go through those days and it's hard trials that we have to face, but thank God that there's a band of angels that are all around us. Thank God we have God Himself that is in control and God Himself that has wrapped His arms around us for protecting us. That's exactly when He says that, hey, I've got you in the palm of my hand and no man can pluck you out. Glory to God, if He has the oceans in the world in the hand and I can't get out of His hand and He's not ever going to let go of me, glory to God, Satan can't get a hold of me. I think I should just go ahead with the presence of God that can defend me whenever I'm having to fight battles. You realize even further that it's not your battle to fight. 
We don't have a battle to fight. When you look at Ephesians chapter number 6, verse number 14, there's a breastplate of righteousness which God gives righteousness. In 16, uh, chapter 6, verse number 15, there's the gospel of peace, His peace that passes all understanding. We begin to have chapter number 6 in Ephesians, verse number 16, the shield of faith, which is the gift of God, according to Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 8. We look in chapter number 6, verse number 17 in Ephesians, we have the helmet of salvation. It's the finished work of Jesus Christ that did that. And we also have the sword of the Spirit, the wonderful Word of God that's provided and that is settled forever in heaven. Glory to God. We have something that, that, that we don't have to be worried about. Why? Because we have the power of the Holy Spirit of God protecting and fighting for us all the way. I think we should be pretty joyful people. How joyful that we could possibly be. Psalmist said it this way in Psalm chapter number 18. Psalms 18, verse number, uh, chapter number 18, verse number 2. It says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my shield in whom I trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. What a wonderful thought that we have that we follow the power, but then also we finish. Look at this verse this with me. Finish with praise. There are times that we don't start well. There are times that we just mess some things up. Let's just be honest. But we can still finish right. Just because we don't have a good start doesn't mean we don't have to have a good finish. Salvation is that wonderful thing that kicks us into the next gear. You say, well, what kind of start did we have? Well, let me tell you what the Word of God says. Romans chapter number 3, verse number 10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. That's the kind of start we've had. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. There is our start. We did nothing to deserve it. We did nothing to deserve the salvation from Jesus Christ. He came to us. He provided salvation for me. He came to me and said, come to me and, and I'll take your burdens. I'll take what your problems, I'll take that and I'll forgive you. And then I'll set you up and I'll set you in a place called heaven someday. And you can be with me forever and forever and forever and forever more. Hallelujah. So you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to praise him. Say, Brother Shane, can't we wait to heaven to praise him? Well, if you want to, you can. But every once in a while, I don't mind losing my dignity right here. I've been known to run a lap. I've been known to shout. I've been known to shout hallelujah so loud that it scared folks. You say, where in the world did you get it from? My Cherokee Indian mama. She shouts that Cherokee cry and it'll scare you to death. You go ahead and you say, well, Brother Shane, do you really want to do, do that? Absolutely. I want to praise Jesus. Page number 151 in that red back hymnal. Praise Him, praise Him. Glory to God. We just need to praise Him all that we can. Verse number, or chapter number, 
chapter number, page number 113 in the red book. Glory to his name. Praise him. I want to praise him. According to Psalm chapter number 109, Psalm 109, verse number 30, it says this, I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. Did you hear what I just said? I will praise him with my... Somebody said it. Mouth. It means I will praise him with my mouth. That, I, know, I know you got to work up to it. I, I know. I know you do. And I'll be honest with you. If, if you see a tear running down Sister Heather's face, she is running laps around this church. She is. I, I'm telling you. But I'll try it sometime. I I almost said try it, Brother James, but you've already tried it. I'm sorry, I won't point you out. Try it sometime and see when the Lord starts nudging you and he says, praise me. Praise me. Praise me one more time. Just praise me one time. And you get a hold of it one time. (laughs) I guarantee (laughs) that you will want to do it Again. See, the, the Bible's not saying right there in Psalm 130, verse number 8. He's not, or 109, verse number 30. He, he's not saying, he's not saying, I will praise him silently in my heart. You can do that. But I think we can praise him here too. I can praise him with my mouth. And guess where it is? Okay, when I get home, you can try it at home. Brother Richard, I, I think this is the way we ought to start teaching people to praise God. When you get home, go to your little spot where you just are by yourself and nobody can see you and nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. Make sure your wife or your husband or your kids or your grandkids or your neighbors, whatever, they can't see what's going on. I want you to go ahead and have yourself a Holy Ghost fit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Enjoy yourself. Practice at home. And then when you get excited at church, you just might embarrass yourself. Why? Because he says, I will praise him with my mouth in the multitude among the people. That means I'm not worried about what people on the other pew think about me. I got more amens out of that one all night. I'm not worried about what the left side of the church and the right side of the church or the middle of the church or this side or that side or whether the choir members or whether the deacon board or whether this or whether that or those that are taking up offering or one of those receiving those things or doing all of that. I'm not worried about what those people think. You should not worry about what people think about you when you are praising God. You just lift your hand to glory and you say, praise Jesus, praise God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you provided for me. Thank you for the heaven that I'm going to someday. Thank you, God, that you have done done it every step of the way and there's nothing else that I need to do praise you Jesus and it'll get on hallelujah you begin to look at that and you begin to say that I'm praising the Lord with my mouth and I'm praising him in the multitude and then we lift our hands and praise and in Psalm chapter number 66 the book of Psalm chapter number 66 verse number 8 it says oh bless our God ye people and make the voice of his praise to be heard So, you say, Brother Shane, are you preaching that we should shout? Am I preaching you have to shout? No. But if you 
if God gets a hold of you, Brother Steve, you ever have you ever wanted to install? Have y'all been to, to, to Disney World and they got those little things on seats that poke you in the side and scare you? I want those installed at church. And that way, when we want to amen, we just push section three, row seven. Boop, amen. I think we should invest in that. And the sound guys are all for it because the controls would be back there. Hallelujah. Think about that. Boy, you just praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise Him in the multitude. I'm going to praise Him all over. I'm going to make sure that my voice is heard praising the Lord. It is our duty to praise the Lord. It is our duty. God has told us nothing more that we are supposed to do than praise Him. Thank Him for His salvation to praise Him and let the people of the world know and hear about Him. And and don't allow the rocks to cry out on our behalf. Praise Jesus. But then, thank God, I can practice here and get ready for when I get there. Because when I get there, y'all done seen me here, so y'all know. Some of us, praise Jesus, praise God, hallelujah, glory to the Lamb. Then all of a sudden your hands start getting a little higher. I don't believe that you'll be doing that when you say the Lamb of God high lifted up on his throne. I don't believe that we're going to be trying to figure out what should I say when I see Jesus? What should I do when the Savior of the world reaches out his nail-scarred hand and pulls me into eternity? What should I do? Praise him. I think we're not going to know how to, I don't know that we'll even be able to speak words unspeakable. We just praise God because thank God he knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. But I want you quickly, we're going to finish early tonight, even after all this. But turn with me to Revelation chapter number 19. Turn with me to Revelation chapter number 19. I know I got us in the book of Revelation last week. Because we're praising Jesus because God is going to, we're going to be with God forevermore. Hallelujah. But when you get to chapter number 19, look at the first eight verses. Revelation chapter number 19, verse number one. And after these things, I heard a great. Wow. I heard a great voice of much people in heaven. Saying hallelujah. Salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore uh, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication in her. And hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. And again they said hallelujah. And they and her smoke rose uh, up forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. 
And the voice came out of the, out of the throne saying, Praise our God, our, uh, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as of the voice of many waters, and as a voice of mighty thunderings, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. So guess what we're going to do when we get to heaven? Hallelujah! Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus! Hallelujah! Now, I've heard this, I've heard this, and I, I'm not, but I've heard that hallelujah is the only word translated in every language known to man that's the same thing. So why, in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, when you hear the voice of a multitude of people, it doesn't matter where they're from. It doesn't matter where they've been. As long as they've been by the cross on the way there, and that's the only way that they will be there, that we can shout, Hallelujah. I think we ought to practice tonight. Hallelujah. Hey, y'all did good on this side. Let me get over here. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. How about you guys in the middle? Are y'all, are y'all awake? Hallelujah. Hey, man. Think one more time. All of us together, we ought to just shout. Brother Joe, I heard him say this one time. We ought to shout so loud a rabbit won't run through here for three weeks. So if we do it one more time and say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm looking forward to the day where we get to go, but I'm practicing on this side and singing hallelujah. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father.